Hello from the road. I'm recording in Lake Charles, Louisiana today. I'm over here doing some work, but I wanted to get this episode out. Welcome to Indoor Environmental Quality Podcast, Episode 2. In today's episode, we're going to talk about selecting an environmental contractor to help you with disaster recovery. So just in the pre- as in the previous episode, we're in a pretty active part of the 2019 Atlantic storm season. And I just finished looking at the NOAA website, and there are still two storms in the Atlantic. And last week, Texas got hammered with a lot of rain and flooding. When something breaks, whether it's our cars or our computers or our homes, we have a decision to make. We can either fix it ourselves or we can pay someone to do the work for us. If you're facing disaster recovery and you're not sure the amount of money you're going to get from insurance or FEMA, it can be a really tough call to make if you're going to try to do the work yourself or if you're going to get somebody to do it for you. And that money may not be enough to try to put your entire life back together. I mean, it usually isn't. But let's say you've decided to hire an environmental contractor to handle the demolition and cleanup for you. And look, there are some really good reasons to do this. Uh, first, uh, hopefully the contractor is going to work with you and they're going to figure out what the scope of work or what you're going to do on your project. Uh, what all work are they going to do? And they're going to work with you to determine that. They're also going to help you figure out what the price is going to be. That way everyone knows what's expected and exactly what the work's going to cost. Second, the contractor and their workers are trained and they're equipped to do the work. So you don't have to buy a bunch of equipment and learn how to do the work as you go. Third, the contractor's licensed, bonded, and insured. So if someone gets hurt on the job or if the contractor screws up, the contractor doesn't get to leave you holding the bag, or at least that's what we would hope. And if there's a dispute, you can go to your state's contractor's licensing board or to the contractor's insurance company to see if if you can get made whole if you're out any money or if some work didn't get done correctly and, and you can get somebody else to come in and finish the job. Fourth, the contractors know what question to ask. They may have they may be there to do demolition or drying and mold remediation, but what if there's asbestos or lead or other hazards? In this case, the best surprise is no surprise. So you want to have a contractor that can help you figure out what problems you're going to have on the job before you even have those problems. Head them off before they happen, if that makes sense. Fifth, the contractor has experience in projects like yours. Sixth, the contractor is going to follow all local, state, and federal regulations. So hopefully that's what's going to happen when you engage this contractor to do the work. Seventh, the contractor has experience dealing with insurance and FEMA. Their paperwork and invoicing are clear so you can get reimbursed and not have problems getting invoices or paperwork kicked back and have to resubmit and have delay in getting the money. Okay, so having said all of that, here are some problems to avoid. If the contractor is not licensed, bonded, or insured, verify that they are a licensed contractor. Call their insurance company, uh, verify their con- the licensure through the state website, or, or call your state contractor's licensing board and make sure they're licensed. I know time is of the essence when you're trying to get that work done, especially if you're trying to dry out and clean up mold. Uh, maybe the internet 
cell coverage may be non-existent, but you need to make sure you're dealing with a legitimate contractor. Most state contractor licensing board websites allow searches by company name or qualifying party. A qualifying party is somebody that works for that contractor and you can search their last name and see if they're licensed and see if they're affiliated with that contractor. If you can't find your contractor, find out why. Maybe they're just getting set up in in your state to do business as a result of the disaster. And if that's the case, that's fine, but get verification and make sure they're familiar enough with how to do work in your area before doing your work. If you can't find your contractor's listing, you may be dealing with someone you shouldn't. And believe it or not, people chase storms and disasters and go door to door selling work. And they're not licensed. Even if they do great work, it's not worth the risk. So uh, sometimes those projects don't end well for the home or business owner. So don't be that person. You want to avoid having an unclear scope of work and price structure. So if what they're going to do, all the tasks that they're going to complete, if that's not well defined, or if you don't know what it's going to cost, you don't want someone to come back time after time saying, well, the job's going to take longer and I'm going to need more money because you're asking me to do things that I didn't agree to do originally. So you don't want the time and the cost just to keep going up and up and up and there's no end in sight. If the contractor seems inexperienced, don't hire them or at least make sure you're comfortable with them before you do. If you don't want somebody to learn how to do their job on your project, let them get their mistakes out of the way. Uh, Let them learn how to do the work and get experience on someone else's project. That may sound that may sound pretty terrible, but let them have let them have their problems somewhere else and not not at your home, not at your business. Trust your instincts. So if your gut's telling you that you don't need to hire this person or you don't have a really good feeling, uh, you're right more often than you're not. Uh, one other thing to keep in mind, and this is pretty important, don't pay everything up front. And I speak, and I speak from experience on this one. I'm a pretty trusting person by nature, and maybe that makes me gullible, naive. Well, okay, yeah, maybe so. Uh, but I, I have done that before. I've had somebody do work. I paid them all up front, and I didn't get burned by it, but it really it put me in a bind because... to get this contractor to finish the job was just more hassle and aggravation than I ever want to go through again. So the good news is it wasn't a huge sum of money. It wasn't a really time sensitive project, but it was pretty important and I needed to get it done. And it just, it was just way more difficult. And had I not paid up front, that contractor definitely would have had incentive to finish the job and be a little more upfront in how they dealt with me. And so uh, if the contractor insists on getting paid all up front, either negotiate a percentage of the the overall cost or just walk away. Find somebody else to do the work. Find somebody to work with you. The last thing you need is to pay somebody and you never see them again. Believe me, it has happened. Uh, There's a right way to do environmental work, whether it's just demolition, cleanup, and mold remediation. And if you have asbestos or other environmental issues, there are standard work practices and regulations that a contractor's got to follow. So even though you may not face risk because a contractor doesn't follow the regulations, it doesn't mean that you won't wind up 
with a contamination problem down the road. And so that's it. That's those are some quick tips on selecting an environmental contractor. If you if you need some response help and you don't decide to do the work yourself. So just want to get those those tips out real quick. So that's going to do it for this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review at iTunes or on your favorite podcast player. To contact us or learn more about Win White Consulting Engineers, visit our website, www.winwhite.com. If you have suggestions for a show topic, please contact us. And if you want, you can find me, Chris White, on Twitter and Instagram. I have the same, I have the same handle for Twitter and Instagram, at ChrisWhitePE. So that's going to do it until next time. Uh, hope you guys are all doing great. And if you need any help, please reach out to us. Thanks for listening.